Welcome to Iron Butterfly Podcast, co-produced by the National Security Institute and the Amazing Women of the IC, better known as AWIC. My name is Megan Jaffer, co-creator and host of Iron Butterfly. And my name is Katie Nockin Hopkins, co-creator and producer of Iron Butterfly. We are also lucky to be joined today by our amazing podcast team, Amanda Young and Liz Herndon. Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda, and I am a co-producer on the Iron Butterfly podcast. I've been with the podcast since October of 2021. I'm really excited to be here today. Hi, everyone. My name is Liz Herndon. I'm a co-producing intern on the Iron Butterfly podcast. I've been with the podcast since summer of 2021. Great. Thanks, ladies. 80 years ago, Eloise Page, the real Iron Butterfly, joined the Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS, a predecessor for what we recognize today as the United States intelligence community. We created Iron Butterfly to continue her legacy, inviting the U.S. intelligence community's unsung heroines to share their stories with all of you. So here we are at the conclusion of our fourth season, uh, and we just have so many things to celebrate. So we're proud to share with all of you that we have surpassed 50 guests on Iron Butterfly. I think we totaled 55 or something. Is that right? Which is super exciting. Uh, And we also somehow have reached like tens of thousands of episode downloads, which as you'll hear, as we start to tell some of the some of the story of what how Iron Butterfly came to be is totally was totally unexpected. Um, and you know, we have gotten some just very high praise. We've been so grateful. One of our favorite uh, AWIC seniors and one of our first Iron Butterflies calls this the most popular podcast in the world, and we need <laughs> more. So, as you can probably tell, we're going to mix things up today a little bit and just talk to you all about, you know, Iron Butterfly and what it is and kind of give you a sneak peek behind the scenes. So uh, where, where should we start, ladies? Megan and Katie, I think it would be a great place to start if we go back to the beginning. Like Megan always says, when we start our prep calls, take us back to the beginning. So why don't you take <laughs> us back to the beginning of Iron Butterfly and tell us how, how this podcast came to be. Megan. Katie, you want to start? Oh, you go. <laughs> you know, this is all you. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I'm going to hand the baton over at a certain point. So um, for those of you who know us know that it it really started with the amazing women of the IC, AWIC. Um, And AWIC is an organization of women that started about six years ago, seven years ago, um, that uh, supports mentors, coaches, uh, women throughout their careers in the intelligence community. Um, And we used to do, um, you know, we had events, we had in-person events, we used to do quarterly events, we do workshops and keynotes and panels. And we had, um, you know, some fun events as well, like we would do, um, you know, monthly happy hours or yoga sessions. And one of our fun events that we had in person, um, and this is all pre-COVID, of course, was uh, our Ask Me Anything series. And Uh, Our Ask Me Anything series was very special and a little bit unique uh, compared to other people who do it because we tried to keep it small and intimate and we would often go to, you know, small hotel bars and it would only be, you know, we have a large uh, membership at AWIC, but it would only be about 12, 15 women and we would invite a really interesting woman in the intelligence community. She didn't have to be senior. She could be at any point of her career, but she just had an interesting story and we would have her come 
And um, the women would just ask her anything, ask her about her life, about being a mom, being a daughter, being a wife, being, you know, a professional. And so lo and behold, you know, here comes the shutdown and COVID happens and we had to do a major pivot. And obviously all of our in-person events kind of shut down and um, we transitioned to doing some virtual events. So what we did was we took the easiest way and kind of the one that made the most sense was to take the Ask Me Anything series and um, do that virtually. And so we did, I think, two a month or, or something like that for about four or five months. And it was so it was so popular and we had more people attend those than I think any of our in-person events ever because we were reaching like a large audience. Um, And so that kind of brought us to the first summer um, of COVID. And at that time, uh, I was still, you know, I had been kind of the de facto, or I don't know what you'd want to say, person running AWIC for about uh, five years. And it was time for me to move on. And it and I wanted to kind of pass the baton. And Katie was the perfect person to do that, uh, to take that on. So I had said, you know, here you go, here's AWIC. And, and I think I'm going to stop there and let Katie finish the story. (laughs) Yeah. um, So I mean, AWIC is such a, like such a gift for so many reasons. Um, And I think it's so interesting, because Iron Butterfly was, it came at this period in time that was just so unique. Like, We had everybody at home, like people were looking for ways to connect with people and we kind of, and at the same time, you know, I was still working in the government at that point. And so really seeing the intelligence community during COVID was a kind of crazy experience. I mean, like talk about countercultural. I mean, I think the community really struggled uh, to from a culture perspective and from a mission perspective. So, I mean, there was, there were, there would be weeks at the beginning of COVID when, you know, we kind of had to figure out ways to work from home. And so they gave us these like long lists of, of like telework activities that were approved. And so it had all these like books and like topical readings and podcasts. And so I started you know, I had always kind of listened to podcasts, but I kind of started listening to more and like a little more closely. And then at the same time, we were doing these amazing webinars with AWIC. And I started to realize like all these podcasts kind of sounded the same. Like they, it was a lot of people talking about just different events happening in the world and, you know, policy and national security and, and all of those things are super important, but there was this like real richness to these ask me anything events that I really didn't find anywhere else. Uh, because I think part of what, and part of that richness was like the personal stories were, were totally missing. So, <laughs> so basically what happened is I, I went to Megan after she has kind of started to think about other things that she can do with her time uh, and, you know, sought to take a break. And I said, Hey, I have this idea. Uh, You know, AWIC is kind of at this inflection point. We're changing. 
I have this idea of maybe turning some of the Ask Me Anythings into a podcast because we would have people email us all the time like, hey, I missed the Ask Me Anythings. Like, do you have a recording? And we were always like, no, like we don't have a recording. And so I, I was like, you know, what do you think about making an AWIC podcast? And she was like, well, you know, well, actually, Megan, you tell this part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I said, go right ahead. That sounds like a great idea. And I said that my husband, um, who's the founder of the National Security Institute at George Mason, had a podcast. And the way he started was he was mentored. So he had a friend who um, had a very uh, popular and successful law uh, podcast. And when my husband decided he was going to start his, um, this podcast kind of brought him in and his team in and taught, you know, and showed them the ropes and how they could do it and how they could produce it. And they launched uh, their their first episode in conjunction with this, um, this other podcast to kind of get them going, right? And so I told Katie, you know, why don't you go talk with them? You know, they can mentor you because they were mentored and they can show you how to do it. And then you could go do it. So what happened next? Katie? <laughs> so, so I met with the podcast team and it was so funny because at the time, like, I, I think Iron Butterfly grew into something that was different than what it initially was. Right. And so when I was first kind of pitching this, you know, I was kind of talking about the ask me anything, but I was like, we just need, you know, women in intelligence and, you know, we want to focus on stories and <laughs> Megan, I don't even know if you know this. So I, at first I wanted to call it the petticoat panel because this, that was the name of a, of a study that CIA did back in like the fifties or something that was looking at the treatment of women in the agency. And it's fascinating. It's actually like totally public information. You can like it's funny because even now in the information age, we don't transcribe meetings, right? Like, but they used to transcribe meetings. Like they had people, when we say that Paige started as a secretary, like she would sit in meetings and type transcripts of meetings. And so you can actually like see what former directors said about like women and how they hired and like how they couldn't, they should only hire women like over 28 because they might want to have a family and all this stuff. It's actually kind of crazy. So you should look it up. But I was pitching this to Jamil and he was like, we should call it like, she's a spy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so, and so anyway, so I went and, and he basically, they were like, this is an amazing idea. We would love to co-host this uh, and kind of mentor you through this process. And then I went back to Megan and I said, so we're going to do it uh, and you're going to host it. <laughs> and if you could see my head right now, I'm shaking it um, because that's what I did when she said that. And I said, um, I am trying to get things off my plate and I, this was your idea. <laughs> this is, I think it's a great idea, but I don't know anything about this and I don't know how to be a host and, and you talk me into it and tell the, tell everyone how you I, did that. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I remember, like, I still remember where I was when I first asked you to do it. And I was like standing in my kitchen in my old place. And I was like, well, you know, just think about it. Just think <laughs> about it. And I knew, <laughs> I knew that you were going to say yes, but I, I'm grateful that you did every day. Well, I'm grateful that 
we, you know, this is just, has been the beginning of a couple of things we've created together. And I'm glad um, you've, you kind of persuaded, I don't want to say forced, <laughs> you persuaded me. I don't want to you do to it. say forced either. So I'm glad and you did it. I always tell Katie, like, because we've, we've created a few things together uh, since Iron Butterfly. And I always tell her, she says, you know, she'll come up with a good idea and she'll say, so what do you think? And I always tell her, <laughs> I want to throw up, but it's, I'm ready to do it. <laughs> I know. I literally told Megan yesterday, I was like, Megan, maybe our next thing, because we're both of us are really into this, this book series. That's like a fantasy series. And I was like, maybe our next thing should be like, we write a fantasy book. And she's like, Katie, you're crazy. No, what I said is people are going to think we're crazy because we just come up with these random ideas and we're like, let's try it. (laughs) Let's try and see if it works. (laughs) Megan or uh, Amanda and Liz, I know you two have heard us tell that story 55 times, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious for both of you, like what it has been like to be kind of part of this podcast team. Like you both have seen iron butterfly grow and change and like can you kind of paint a picture of what it's like to produce an episode like what does it actually look like and take behind the scenes Liz do you want to go first sure um it's definitely a lot of work and watching Katie Megan and Amanda put in that work and being able to you know kind of support them in any way that I can has been really incredible just to see Because I think a lot of people will say, you know, oh, it's a podcast. Like, it's kind of this fun project. And it is. And it's amazing. But there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I think people probably underestimate. But it also is a labor of love. And it makes it so worth it, especially when we get to hear firsthand those stories coming straight from, you know, those prep calls and hearing the totally unfiltered versions of these stories. And again, the point of the podcast is that it is relatively unfiltered. But there's totally another little aspect of it um, that comes from those prep calls on the front end. And so just being able to be a part of that and being able to share that with the three of you has been such a tremendous experience and I think has really allowed us four to grow together alongside the podcast. Um, And it's just been really incredible to kind of bear witness to, especially as I'm coming into my own with this career. Yeah, that's incredible, Liz. I think, you know, for me, when I joined the podcast, I was an avid listener. I have been a part of AWIC since 2020. Um, So I joined just around when the pandemic kind of really started. And I was introduced to Megan by another young woman who was also in the space of trying to, you know, get into their career. And I really struggled uh, through the process of trying to get into my first job in this community. And so I was introduced to Megan and Megan extended her resources to me. And then she promptly forgot about me, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But she introduced me to Katie. And I remember Katie just being this person that I just really wanted to be her friend. She constantly would look at my resume and she was trying to help me, you know, how do I get a job? And I just kept telling my mom, how do I tell this girl that I want to be her friend? We've only ever met through Zoom. I just know I want to hang out with her. My gosh, Amanda, people are going to think I paid you to say that. (laughs) I'm being serious. I've told you this. And I remember in October of 2021, I was finally getting into my my first job 
in what is in the industry. And I remember Katie reached out to me and said, Hey, Megan and I talked and we have something we want to propose to you. And I remember calling my mom and being like, mom, I think they want me to be a part of the podcast. And I don't know why I thought that, but I had this gut feeling that it was related to Iron Butterfly. And I was so excited. And it was entirely possible that it was not related at all. But I just, something in me had a feeling and I was fully prepared to say yes. There was going to be no question about it. So when Katie came to me and asked me to join, I just was so excited because hearing these stories was a part of my weekly routine. Every Tuesday while I was getting ready for work, I'd pull up Iron Butterfly and I would leave for work just feeling so empowered and inspired by the women that came on this podcast before. And then here I am now getting to be a part of it. So, you know, the behind the scenes aspect, what a lot of listeners may not know is that we start each session before we record, we do a prep call and we get to sit down and make our guests feel comfortable, get them to understand, you know, what's the purpose of the podcast. They may listen, they may like it, they may, you know, have friends that have been on it, but we want to give them the the full story. You know, Megan and Katie started this podcast giving our listeners the story. They do that every prep call, no matter who the person is. And I think that's really incredible because it gets to the heart of why we started this or they started this and why we continue it. And then from there, we we run through, we make a script. Um, usually Katie puts in a ton of hard work to create these amazing questions based off of what our guests have said. And then we go through the process sometimes of helping our guests get their script approved because a lot of our guests have been in the community or are still in the community. And as many of our listeners probably know, it's probably really difficult to get um, media approval once you've been inside and you've worked in these classified spaces. Then we move on once you've gotten approval and we do move on to our recording. And as Liz said, sometimes those episodes are a little different than the prep call. And that's special because you've been entrusted with someone's story in a way that maybe won't make it public, but you know that they felt comfortable enough to share it with you. And that's that's incredible too. So once we do the recording, I sit down and I get to re-listen to the episode 50 plus times over and over to make sure that we have the appropriate edits and we've, we've taken certain pieces out. Megan's dog barking or snoring, <laughs> which happens in the lot. background. <laughs> <laughs> we listen for all the things that, you know, maybe have occurred in the background that we want to take out and I take notes and we send them over to our team at NSI and their incredible team helps coordinate and get those edits taken care of. And then we post and it seems like it's very simplified and very easy, but challenges always arise. And this team has been just so incredible in the way that they move with flexibility and and we get it done. I love, I love that. But I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, you've, you laid out the, you know, how kind of the behind the scenes and the logistics of it. But I, I want to stress how important each, each, each person's kind of job is in this, right? And so when Amanda says that, you know, Katie kind of, um, makes these brilliant scripts. I can't tell you how important that is that, you know, Katie and I are, are so connected that she knows my voice. Right. And so when she writes those questions, she writes them in my voice. And, and I, 
it's it's so important. I, I don't even know if I can express, you know, how helpful that is. And Amanda, you know, you painstakingly go through each episode over and over and, you know, have to listen for those dog barks or the coughs or the sneezes or the the papers rustling, you know, to take those those things out and and um time stamp them. So I, I mean, that's what makes it sound good. And Liz, kind of keeping us all on track, but then, you know, being kind of the youngest member have has brought, you know, new life to the podcast and new ideas. And her social media uh, acumen is amazing and has been able to, you know, keep up with our posts and and create beautiful posts that none of us could have done and we weren't doing before she came on. So, you know, I think it really is a team effort. And it's because we've, you know, everyone has given their whole heart to this and has, has put in a lot of effort that it works. I, I also think just one additional thing that I would add to, I think the thread that runs through this whole process and what I love about the way that we've built this podcast is the woman, the women are at the center of the story every time. Like we don't create questions without them. Like we create questions in partnership with them. That's actually inspired by what inspires them. Like we do that prep call so that we get a better idea of what, like what actually makes them unique and like what moves them and what brought them here and what keeps them here. And because the most, you know, the most interesting things to listen to are, are what people actually want to talk about. Uh, and I think hopefully listeners get kind of a taste of that as they, you know, as they tune in every Tuesday. I think the only other thing I would add, Katie, to your point is that when these women sit down, we don't provide leading questions. Megan starts with, take us back to the beginning. And they get through a certain portion of their life. And Megan says, then what happened next? And we let them guide the conversation and tell the story how they want to. They get to decide what's relevant, what's not, what they really want to share, and what maybe doesn't need to be shared. And I think that's powerful because it gives them the opportunity to really decide how they want their story to be shared. And that's the whole point, right? Yeah, totally. And, and everybody starts the prep call saying, I, there's nothing in my story worth sharing. <laughs> like, or, or I'm not that I, I'm, I've listened to your episodes and all of the ladies who have preceded me are so interesting and I'm not that interesting. <laughs> and we always laugh. We're like, I promised you, you're going to be just as interesting as everyone else. It's, it's, it's really funny. Well, I'm going to ch- switch gears a little bit and I want to, uh, you know, talk to Liz a little bit. Um, I love that we have Liz with us today uh, because she's exactly the type of listener that we originally wanted to reach with this podcast. So Liz, do you want to share a little bit about um, where you are, your background with girl security and how Iron Butterfly has resonated with you as a young woman looking to enter the national security space? Absolutely, Megan. Um, So back in 2020, right before the pandemic hit, my parents actually bought me Tracy Walder's novel, The Unexpected Spy. Um, And so I read that throughout spring break, which led right into quarantine um, and obviously kind of changed everyone's lives and what everyone was doing. Um, I remember just being enamored by her story and I was doubly inspired just to continue to pursue my career path the way that I was. Um, 
So I did some more digging into her background and I saw that she actually sat on the board of an organization called Girl Security, which is a nonprofit dedicated towards the education and preparing uh, young women for national security careers kind of across different sectors. Um, So I signed up to be mentored through Girl Security in summer of 2020. So about two years ago now, Um, I was connected with an incredible mentor and became pretty involved in their trainings and different things that they were putting on. And then Lauren, who we had on the podcast earlier this season, um, asked me if I'd be interested in connecting and sort of being a liaison between girl security and this other organization, AWIC. Um, And so that was early 2021. And that's how I met Katie and Megan and a bunch of the AWIC people. Um, And I joined the AWIC planning committee as an intern um, later then connected with the podcast team later that year and have found some of the world's greatest friends and mentors that a person and a girl aspiring into this community could really ask for. Um, So right now I will be a senior in college this fall and I am completing an internship with the Department of Homeland Security this summer. So I'm out in Washington, D.C. and I get to see all of the amazing women out here. I wish I wish we could have like sound effects. I, I watched <laughs> I've been this YouTube about that this whole time. I know I ha- I watched this YouTube um, guy who recaps. I'm not going to tell you what it recaps because you guys will judge me. Um, <laughs> it's like one of my uh, guilty pleasures of something I watch, but he recaps it. And every time he recaps it, he has sound effects. So it's like people applauding or like people, you know questioning I wish we had that because I would be applauding you I'd be giving you applause (laughs) that's really awesome Liz I mean we we are so grateful to have a we being AWIC are so grateful to have girl security as a partner organization um I mean AWIC was was really founded as a reverse mentoring organization and that is like especially in this community kind of a radical concept because these organizations are pretty hierarchical. And this was, I mean, AWIC was literally created because senior women wanted to learn from junior women. And I think we're really grateful that we get to kind of continue. We, we believe that mentorship flows in both directions and we really get to continue that. I mean, I still remember our first call we ever had with girl security and I, I feel like we learn more from you all than you learn from us. We were not prepared. Like I remember, so Lauren said, oh, let's, you know, we, let's just get a few folks from Girl Security on. And then Katie and I, I, I think it was just us two, right? Yeah, I, I, I think there were a couple others, but yeah. We might've had a couple Over. others. Oh, yeah, we might've had a couple others. And um, we thought it was just going to be kind of a round table. So they could, we could, you know, share about AWIC. They could share about a Girl Security. And all then- the girl security women and girls went in with the questions they were ready I mean they it wasn't just oh let's talk about AWIC and girl security it was like let's talk about national security How policy are we and like, our elections like, <laughs> we, we were like um I don't know if I'm the best one to answer that GS it girls come prepared yeah uh, oh, yes they do we were definitely I I was just in shock because I did not have the answers for the questions they were asking. I know. I totally agree. I mean, Liz, what do you think, like, what are some kind of themes from the episodes that have resonated with you? Yeah. Um, definitely mentorship. I think that's obviously an easy one, but so incredibly important and so prevalent 
Um, again, being able to be a part of both girl security and AWIC where I'm being mentored in two different capacities, but I'm also given a chance to, you know, share my thoughts and my opinions and my voice is something that I won't take for granted. And I don't take for granted because I don't see that in a lot of other industries and especially amongst my peers and the careers that they are pursuing. Um, I also think that vulnerability and, um, authenticity have been super prevalent within both the podcast and just within AWIC and girl security too. I think that women in this community that y'all have cultivated have been so open and transparent and willing to share both their peaks and their valleys within their career and just as women, as people. Um, and I think that as someone who used to sort of, I mean, again, I remember that first call between girl security and AWIC. And I remember seeing all of y'all thinking, wow, I, I can't imagine if I ever get to be half of the women that they are one day and almost, I guess, idolizing is a strong word, but kind of thinking about that in a sort of like fantastical way. Um, and just thinking that, you know, you guys were all these amazing people who were exceptions to everyone else. But the fact that everyone is constantly making the effort to be so authentic and so honest and so open with their struggles and their triumphs really humanizes what it means to be a leader in this community. And I think that that's incredibly special. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, I, I also love that you said authenticity. Like, that is exactly the point. Like, that's why we're here. Um, but Amanda, I'm curious if you have any themes that resonated with you too. Yeah, I, I seem to always come back to one. And I think that's because this this last season is most fresh in my mind. I, I think resiliency is a, is a really big theme, especially in this last season and just in, throughout all of our careers and our lives. This career field is very tough and it's, it can be very hard and it can really bring you down. And the way that these women have navigated that, that path with such grace and humility it just continues to blow me away. And I know my own journey and hearing other women who have faced difficulty or who have faced challenging times and challenging careers and come out the other end stronger for it. It just inspires me so much. And I think I will always resonate with someone who has the ability to just continue to persevere. And I think this podcast has been incredible for that is highlighting those women that maybe we wouldn't have known about prior and showcasing how hard they work to get where they are. I love that. Me too. Megan, what other themes resonate with you? So, you know, I think you and I came into it thinking, or maybe not, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, there would be this thread of leadership and mentorship, which there is, and I'm sure you're going to touch on some of that too. Um, but what I wasn't expecting, which I was really pleasantly surprised because um, it resonated with me, was this theme of being unconventional and taking your own path. And, um, you know, you would think that, um, and, and maybe this is generational as well, because I think for a younger generation, it's a little bit different. But I would say for my generation and older, um, you know, it was this idea that you kind of, um, you have this straight path, right? Like you, you chart your course of what you're going to do in your career. And you kind of just take those steps to, to, to reach that goal, right? You go to college, you get out, you apply for these jobs in the community. And then, 
you stay, you know, wherever you go. So let's say you get into CIA, you stay at CIA and you just rise the ranks, right? And what we heard, so I definitely did not take that path. And I thought that that was, I don't anymore. But when I was going through it, I thought that it was a negative. Now I see what a positive it was to to have had, um, you know, taken different forks. And I was really surprised at, oh, I mean, almost all of them, almost all of them had had t- did not take conventional paths or maybe did to an extent and then made like drastic, you know, um, drastic maybe is the wrong word, but just a, they completely took a right turn or a left turn in their career and said, I'm going to try this. Or people told me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then they did it because they thought that was something that was going to make them a better leader or a better uh, employee or a better person. Um, and they didn't adhere to like what other people were telling them. Like you have to just keep going and take this path and don't veer off of that path. And um, I just love that because you have to chart your own course and what makes you happy. And, and most of the time when you, you veer off those paths is where you learn the most. And it does make you a better employee, a better leader, a better person. And so I, I just thought that that was um, one of the themes that were, was unexpected, but I was happy that came out. Yeah. I what t- about you, Katie? I totally agree. I mean, it's kind of interesting, like, I think listening to you talk about that, it's like, it's kind of this idea that like the right, like the right path is the one that's right for you. Like there's a different right path for everyone. And like, I, I feel like I've felt that at at different times, like from different, from different mentors or, you know, mentors probably isn't the right word, but you talk to people, right. And they say, first you do this, then you do this. And then you're like sitting there and you're, in your twenties and you're like, well, the next time I'll take a breath then is when I'm 45. And that's a little overwhelming, right? Uh, (laughs) It's like, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of that flexibility and to kind of let your, I think, what is it? They say like intuition is the highest form of, of thinking or something. It's like kind of let your intuition guide you. Um, Right. And then I think the other one I also really loved what Amanda said about resilience. Like, I think one of the themes that came through for me is like failure sometimes is the point. Like, you know, sometimes we think of failure as like a means to an end, but like failure in and of itself is like such a valuable experience to have. And you learn so much from that. I think a lot of us, like sometimes, sometimes I think about like, what if you had like a, like an anti-resume, like everything that you didn't do or like couldn't do like on your resume, because we talk about like, you hear people on these panels and they're like, oh, I like went to this school and then I got this job. And then I got invited to go move with my boss to this other job. And it seems like this thing that's totally straightforward and easy, but then you learn and, and I think part of what came through on Iron Butterfly is you learn that that's not what it looks like at all. <laughs> and like, it's almost the closed doors that determine your path more than any open doors. Right. Uh, and I think that's just like a really, to your point, Liz, about being authentic. I mean, we don't talk about that. Like we don't talk about the things that like stopped us. We always talk about the things that 
it, it, we make it seem easier, I think, than it was. Um, but there's so much in those in those hard moments. I think it humanizes them. I think that's something yeah, like we exactly. learned from some of these super senior women who are so successful and you would, you look at them and you think to your point that they just kind of got there, right? And you don't <laughs> right. think about how they got there. They just got there and they're these rock stars. And then we, they shared with us these humanizing stories of their failures you know, I didn't get this job because I wasn't prepared. And it taught me that I needed to prepare next time when I went in for an interview, or I didn't get this because X. And so it taught me this lesson. And I think that humanized these women, and it, it showed uh, a different side of them. So sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that. no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So I also love on Iron Butterfly. I mean, we had like so many fun moments too. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many things that I think we'll look back on and just like remember for forever. And I'm curious, Megan, what your favorite Iron Butterfly moment was. So I, I knew that you were going to ask this question and I kind of feel like we should have talked about this beforehand <laughs> um, because I'm sure we're going to have some of the same moments. <laughs> um, but I would say, I, I'm going to give you three and I'll do it quickly. I would say my favorite moments were moments like this, where, um, you know, after our prep calls or after our, you know, so we, so for, for our listeners, you know, we record these, um, like our episodes on Zoom, even though you're just hearing the audio, we're, uh, we do it on Zoom so we can see our guests. And it feels comfortable, you know, and it feels like we're sitting in a room together. Um, and so we can see each other. And after we would, you know, uh, let's say after we have a prep call or after we have a recording, the team stays on to kind of debrief. And those moments are always so special because we kind of sit there with our eyes wide open all, almost every time. And we're like, holy crap can you believe that episode? Can you believe this? Or can you believe that? And it's those moments. And we, we always say, you know, we're so lucky that we're, we're able to hear this, but really we're saying that on behalf of all of you listening is that we can't believe we've captured this and that we get to share this with, with an audience. So that's, that's my favorite kind of one of my favorite experiences. I think another one is when we started receiving feedback from people and Katie stop me if you're going to use this but I, I was going to use the one about the the name and someone emailing us about the name no you should tell that okay one. I have a different one okay good so we as you all know our listeners uh the last question we ask all our guests is about um if you had a code name what would it be and why and we had one of our guests um give us their code name and this won't give the person away but this person should probably already have a code name um just with the nature of work she does but she didn't <clears throat> excuse me and um she gives us her code name and then her episode airs and maybe a couple months later she sends us a note and she says, um, you know, I, I, uh, do, I do this activity where, um, can, do you think I can give the story? Does it give too much away? I don't, I think you can give the story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she says, um, we're, we're really careful. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to 
tell too much. Um, but she, so she says she does, you know, there's a hike where people do the entire Appala- Appalachian Trail, right? And they start, and sometimes they do it in sections, right? So they'll do like 10 miles and then, you know, next month they'll do another 10 miles. And so she does this. And apparently on these hikes, you have um, a hiking code name. And when you hit these milestones, there are these books on the trail where you sign in and you said, I hit this mark and you put your, your hiking trail name on there. And um, so she was doing it. This was after her episode had aired and she was doing her next kind of section of the trail. And she stopped at, at where this um, book was, where it was like a milestone. And uh, there was another trail, uh, another person doing the trail, like a, a stranger. And so they started talking and then they went on, they went on like their separate ways to, to do the trail. And uh, the man stopped before he left um, to continue on the, with the trail. And he says, I'm, um, do you remember what his name was? His, his was OnStar. He's like, my OnStar. Oh my God, I can't believe you remember that. So he said, oh, you know, I just, you know, so, you know, my name's OnStar. It was nice to meet you. And he walked off and she, she, in her head, she goes, oh my God, I don't, I don't have one. I never had one and I didn't have one to give him. And then it occurred to her that she did. And she, um, she said, wait, I do have one. I'm Kumquat. I'm I'm Kumquat. And she, she emailed us and she told us that story that, um, that it was special to her. And, and, and in that moment, she said, oh my God, I do have a name. And she's used her code name as her trail name. And that was so, so. I printed it out and I, I framed it for me and Katie because I just felt like that's part of the reason why we do this. It's not, it's not only just special for our audience, but it's also special for these women that we're highlighting. You know, I, we hear from them that it, it's been special for them to be able to tell their stories in the way that they want to tell them. And they've actually created a camaraderie, but between each other, um, because they're all iron butterflies now. And um, I, I just think that that that's really special. Mm-hmm. So sorry, that was a lot. How about you, Katie? <laughs> no, I love that story. It's such a good story. So the one that I, the one that I chose was, well, I have two. One was, I was out at getting drinks with, uh, my, with my husband, Greg, and we were at our favorite spot, the, um, the line hotel in DC and they have like the best cocktails ever. And so I'm sitting there on this couch and he had just left to go to the bathroom. And so I'm just sitting there and I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. This is such a great night, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I get a call from Megan and I answer, I answer it. And she goes, don't move. I'm merging something into the wall. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I'm sitting there just by myself, like what is happening right now? So somebody else gets on the line and it was somebody who was telling us that, well, Megan, I feel like you should tell a story because like, no, 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 I, I don't think I should. It just, I had received a call from um, actually a family member who was mentoring some kid like some kid in college uh in on the east coast 
everybody in a different place. I'm in DC. My cousin is in LA. He's mentoring someone in a national security program at like Tufts or something like yeah, that. I don't remember right. the school. Right. Yeah. And then go ahead. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. And, and, what? and he, and so then he starts to say that this student said on his syllabus, iron butterfly was a required listening. And Megan and I were like crying and laughing. It's like so overwhelmed because, you know, we created iron butterfly as it was like a, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, Megan, you always say this, like this was a pet project. Like this was something that we did for our really small community that we thought would be really special. And it ended up being required. Like my required reading was like reading classical classic like IR theory right like not listening <laughs> to like women's stories and how they like who they were as people and so that was a really special moment I loved that moment um I like Greg got back from the bathroom and he was like what is like what is happening <laughs> why are you so emotional like I left for two and a half minutes um, did you so, miss me that much yeah, exactly exactly um and I said yes I missed you so much <laughs> so then the second one that I have is we got uh so because of partly because of the work that that Liz does on our social media we've kind of collected a following and so sometimes after episodes people will post about our guests and the episodes and kind of what resonated with them. And one of my favorite ones, uh, which I'll just kind of read, read out, um, was about Yvette, Yvette Hopkins. Um, and it said a brilliant interview with a brilliant leader mentor. Oh yeah. And a woman I'm listening to Yvette Hopkins podcast with my 10 year old daughter. Now daughter, what's a striker brigade commander me Offers this brief description, Google striker picture, daughter. Wait, girls can be that? Me. Yes, baby, you can. And I just think that is so amazing. That is. I just I'm got crazy. chills. I mean, I've read that before. I, I've seen it. And it you reading it again brings tears and gives me chills. Yeah, absolutely. Megan or uh, Liz and Amanda, what about you? Go ahead, Amanda. I'm probably going to bring in some of the funny moments, um, but there are definitely ones that were really impactful. I know that when I, when I started the podcast, I was so excited and I really wanted to share it with my parents because when I try to explain to them, you know, their, their background is not, I'm not a legacy uh, in, in this field. My parents come from a, more of a construction background. And so my mom is, is a woman that works in a male dominated field. So in a lot of ways, you know, this kind of podcast would resonate with her. It's just a different field. And so I really encouraged them to listen to it. And being the busy woman that she is, she didn't get to listen to very many. But the first episode that she listened to was Jacqueline Thames. And Jacqueline such is just an amazing a, episode, such an amazing episode. And, and I just, she just said, man, I cannot believe how incredible she is. And she kept telling me all these bits about that episode that just really inspired her. And you know, I've always tried to encourage her to go to women's events. And she always has said, you know, I'm just so busy. I don't know when I'll ever find the time. But being able to share that with her, someone who has been so impactful in my life as a strong, you know, very, very savvy woman in a male dominated field, it, it just was truly special. And so that was something that I've always enjoyed and, and look forward to taking forward with me. And then, you know, funny moments. Uh, 
at the beginning of the season, we talked about potentially having an episode where we all talked about, you know, what were our funny moments? What are things that, that happened? And, and Megan said to Liz and I, write them down. If something happens, write it down so we remember and we can come back to it. And this is actually, I think, the Virginia Hall episode. And, you know, when we do these recordings, we go off, Liz and I and Katie, we all go off camera while Megan, you know, runs through the episode. And so it's more of a conversation and it's just Megan and the guest going back and forth. And, you know, when you're not on camera and you're home, you've got to take care of some stuff. <laughs> and I thought, I, you know, I'm going to make a quick dinner. And I'm embarrassed to say that that quick dinner was stove pop popcorn. And it was quick and easy. So I here I am during the Virginia Hall recording, trying to very quickly make some popcorn. And I grab a dish towel and I put it over the top of the, 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 the pot and I give it a shake and the bottom of it catches on fire. <laughs> so during this Virginia Hall episode, my dish towel catches on fire and I'm trying to very, to not panic and put the <laughs> fire out in like the quickest way possible so that I don't have my fire alarm going off and that it's just that chaos. And then I text Liz a picture and say, here's my funny moment. I just set a dish <laughs> towel on fire. And um, ladies and gentlemen, this is true behind the scenes. <laughs> That is so. I, will, I cannot forget that conversation between us, Amanda. That was when we both kind of, you know, were coming into the podcast at the same time. I was like, yeah, we're going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. What's your moment, Liz? Um, I guess I kind of have a funny one and a sort of sentimental one. So the sentimental one, um, something that I guess just really spoke to me and resonated with me was um, what Melissa Smyslova talked about in her episode um, and sort of taking ownership of mentorship and your career and kind of what she meant when she was talking about that was she got a lot of advice when she was switching agencies before she came over to DHS. And there were a lot of people, mentors in her life that she, you know, deeply appreciated and, you know, thought very highly of who told her not to go to DHS and I just thought it was super interesting because she felt in her heart to go do this thing, to go stand up this new IC element, to go, you know, be a leader, despite others telling her, you know, that there might be better options out there. And she totally made it her own and just really took the bull by the horns. And it, that's just really special to me and thinking sometimes that there are very limited options, especially as you kind of pursue this career path, but that eventually you do get a say and you do get to choose kind of your own adventure, which I think is really special. Um, the funny moment, my first prep call ever on with iron butterfly, um, the prep call was done with the guest at an amusement park. And <laughs> this was the best <laughs> about every 30 seconds or so we would hear this like crescendo of screaming children <laughs> on a roller coaster behind this guest. And the guest was amazing. And it was an absolute rock star of an episode. And she's a rock star of a person. But hearing those screams, I very distinctly remember in my head going, oh my gosh, if this is what they all are like, <laughs> dear God, help me. And as soon as she dropped the call and it was just Katie, Megan, and I at the time, they both look at me and we're like, yeah, that's not what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> and that I, stuck with me and it was 
Such a great memory. (laughs) I can't wait to share this episode with that guest so she can hear this. And just so so we're really clear with the listeners, that was the prep call. So that's just where we're talking to them about their story so we can develop the questions. Uh, So that's why you all didn't hear it in the background during this person's recording. But yeah, that was super fun. (laughs) So I know we've talked a little bit about you know, Liz and I have said how much this, this podcast, you know, Iron Butterfly has meant to the both of us and, and, you know, how much it's meant to our listeners. Katie and Megan, did you expect the podcast to grow the way that it did? And and why do you think that Iron Butterfly has, has resonated with so many people the way that it has? Megan, you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, because I know that our answers are different. So I, um, I did not think it was going to, I mean, I I knew it would be special, but I didn't know it was going to be all that it became. I I think I would have definitely fought Katie a little bit harder (laughs) if I knew it was going to blow up. I was going to, I would have said, no, I'm not doing this. This is scary. Um, I think we were all surprised at what ended up happening. Um, But we, you know, we took it after we realized after that first season that this, um, what this was becoming and what it was meaning to people, um, you know, people came to us and said that they felt like they were, you know, this was during COVID, right? So people weren't having one-on-one interactions. They weren't having their normal mentoring sessions with their mentors. And people would reach out to us and say, I feel like I'm getting a personal mentoring session each time I listen to an episode. Um, or they, they would say things like, um, I feel like I'm sitting around a, uh, you know, a bonfire in, in someone's backyard with a glass of wine, just having this conversation and wanting more, you know, and Katie and I took that um, when we, we received the, that feedback, we took it really seriously. And after the first, you know, in the beginning, I don't think we mentioned this. Um, I think I've mentioned it on different podcasts, but, um, you know, the first season was kind of friends and family, as we say, mm-hmm. right? Like it was the people that we knew and we were comfortable with, with a few people, new people we were introduced to. But, um, you know, we interviewed people that we were comfortable with and that we knew uh, and then at starting the second season, when we knew that this was something, we really, you know, kind of buckled down and we, um, we started doing strategy sessions before each, uh, season because we wanted to ensure that our, our listeners were getting, um, you know, the breadth of the intelligence community. We wanted to make sure that it was diverse in every sense of the word. So ethnically, sexual orientation, um, you know, agency-wise, geography, uh, job-wise, we wanted to uh, capture all of those things. And so we really focused on, um, you know, every season on on trying to to provide that to the listeners. I don't know if, <laughs> so I think, I, I think that resonated with them is I guess what I'm saying. So Katie. Yeah, yeah I totally, I totally agree. I, I do, I do keep coming back to this, just kind of reflecting on like where Iron Butterfly has been and just like where we all have been the last couple of years, like Iron Butterfly was, was created during this moment in time that was just so historically unique, like so unique. There's so many things happening. I don't think any of us have like fully even wrapped our minds around what that has meant for us as individuals, not to mention like a community or like a society, but 
you know, just reflecting back on like where we were, like no one, like no one was safe. Like we were all like really afraid, I think, like for our health, like our personal health, our family, the health of our families, like for our government, like there were so many things happening at that time. And I think like I, and, and maybe many of our listeners like really needed iron butterfly to be that reminder every night. Like when I went to bed that there were people, good people who were totally badass, but who were work, like who were looking out for me, uh, and who, who were there to protect me and protect the people who I loved like more than anyone in the world. And, and I think it gave me that comfort and that's not why we created it, but I think that's why it resonated and grew the way that it did. Um, and then I think too, like in this community, it's hard to be just a human, like the stakes are just too high. Uh, and I think we were just really lucky that we were able to offer people a place where they could be that, like where they could really be themselves and, and share their story. Cause that's what makes, I think this community really unique and really beautiful. Like people, you know, it's not like you're selling cat food, (laughs) not, not to disparage anyone who sells cat food, but like what people do in this community is part of who they are. And so we can't really understand this community without understanding the people who are actually doing the work. Um, so I think it's a combination of those, of those two. I things. think that is such a perfect answer. I, I love that. It really encapsulates it. So that was, that was awesome. Well, Megan. Oh boy. <laughs> Here oh boy. we are at the end. So, you know, I have to ask you the same question that you have asked that has just stumped so many of our listeners. So as we all know, at the end of each of our episodes, we, we ask the same question. And in keeping with the name of this podcast, Iron Butterfly, if you had to give yourself a code name, what would it be and why? So I have one. Um, do you think I should reveal the name of the person who gave it, gave it to me or no? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Katie gave me this code name. (laughs) It's going to be funny when you say the name because it's me. (laughs) Um, so after the first season, uh, we did an offsite and, um, to kind of do a hot wash of what the season was and, uh, what we wanted the next season to be. And Katie made a beautiful, um, journal for me and, uh, she put a code name on the front of it. Um, and it was beating Falcon and she wrote me this letter that I'm going to share with you all, not all of it, but the reason why she chose beating Falcon. And I told the, the women, uh, before we started recording that I read, read it this morning before we started recording to see if I could get through it without crying and I couldn't. So let's, let's cross our fingers. (laughs) (laughs) So it says, um, so beating Falcon. A woman who is fierce, who leads from the beating of her own heart, which is unfalter, I can't say this word, unfalteringly strong. She generously pumps life and blood and warmth to all who are lucky enough to walk alongside her, radiating with selflessness and love. 
And somehow, despite the intense radiance of her connections with others, she manages to fly high solo, looking down on all of the paths in the forest and fearlessly charting one of her own. She is a hunter, but she is absolutely graceful beyond measure. Others look up to her, wings stretched wide, and it gives them hope somewhere deep within themselves. The word, And so that was, I made it throughout crying, but I have a lot of chills. And um, <laughs> thank you, Katie, for giving me that code name. And thank you for, for giving me this opportunity and trusting me and, and having faith in me and thinking these things of me. And, and uh, I, I appreciate, appreciate you and love you without, you know, measure. It's, it, it's been an amazing experience. So thank you. I pass the baton to you. <laughs> um, well, I mean, no need to thank me. You're the one that lives your life that way. And I don't even remember writing that. It's very nice. Um, so I'm glad you kept it. Um, I'm glad you like your work. You, are you going to tell the Falcon thing? So what's crazy about it is that I, um, my first job in the intelligence community was at uh was at um, a government contractor and um, we were trying to build this new team. Right. And so my style management style is really, you know, creating relationships and getting to know the team because I feel like that's how you can create trust and build, you know, good, strong teams. And, um, you know, we all came, it was this company where all these companies had been merged. And so they all came from different cultures, uh, you know, different companies, and they're all being thrown into this one pod. And um, there wasn't a lot of camaraderie. And so we created code names for each other um, to kind of, you know, lighten the mood and create, <laughs> you know, a fun atmosphere. And so I had picked my own at that time, and it was Falcon. And so my team would send me pictures of like Falcon rockets. And like, like I had a friend of mine who was a really good artist and he would draw Falcons flying over mountains. And Katie had no idea. I had never told her that story. That was just, you know, in my past and another job. And so when she gave me a uh, beating Falcon, I was like, just in shock. Um, so <laughs> that's the kind of backstory about Falcon and it's your Falcon. spirit animal. My spirit animal. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So Katie. <clears throat> all right. Um, so mine, as many of you might have heard, if you listen all the way to the credits, uh, is wise wisteria. Um, so we'll start with wise. I think wise is like one of the most beautiful and just highest compliments. Uh, cause wisdom is not like intelligence or knowledge or wit. It's like, it's like more soulful than that. Uh, and I think it comes from this place that's like deep and kind of unknowable to anybody except you. Uh, so I think that's why I love the word wise and part of why I love Iron Butterfly so much because it's just like overflowing with wisdom that's grounded in the experiences and reflections of just incredible women. And then Wisteria uh, actually came from one of our former co-producers, but I loved it so much that it just totally stuck. So for those who don't know, Wisteria is this like beautiful, soft, like lilac and lavender flower. And it grows as this like sweet fragrance and it grows on this just like 
climbing vine. It's just so beautiful. And it can also grow to be just like super lush, right? It's like, it's like the vines, like if you look it up, the vines can be like a foot thick in diameter and it can grow to be like 50 feet long. It's like this huge, huge vine. And because of its size, it's deceptive. Its beauty is kind of deceptive because it's like super, super strong and powerful. And so at first glance, it's it's like this unassuming purple flower, but all, there's all these like gardening blogs online that warn about planting wisteria <laughs> because it will take over just an entire garden or like rip a tree in half or like <laughs> tear your trellis down. And so, and then like, not only that, but by the time you notice that wisteria has spread, it's like totally too late and it's impossible to uproot. And then, of course, one of my favorite things is that the American wisteria only grows counterclockwise. And so, of course, there's a metaphor here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think the reason why I love wisteria is it's kind of this just like metaphor for change, right? Like making change is super slow. It happens in the shadows. Like you don't even notice that it's happening. But then one day you look up and... Like your garden is overtaken and your trellis is like ripped from the wall and there's like no going back. Right. And you kind of rebuild this entire foundation. And I think it's just a really beautiful image for like making change in the world. Well, and I think that if, you know, for the people who are listening that don't know you personally, those two things perfectly encapsulate who you are. Like soul is so you know, when you use the word soul, I wrote it down. And I mean, that's, I mean, that it just is who you are, you are all soul. And, and I feel like, um, you know, you're an old, I always, we always talk about you behind your back that you, um, (laughs) that you're an old soul, right? Wow, I really hate when women talk about you behind their back. (laughs) They say such awful things. (laughs) We always say that you are an old soul, you know, um, and, and I just love that. And, and the wisteria part, you know, the beauty of you is immeasurable and, you know, anyone can see that, I think, but I think what they don't know until, unless they really get to know you is the power that you hold within you. And, um, so I love that name. I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> Thank you. That was really amazing. All right, Amanda and Liz, you're next. I would just like to say, and this is a funny antidote before, <laughs> before we move on from Katie, um, I made it through a whole season not knowing that at the credits that Wise Wisteria was Katie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was never explained to me, so I had no idea. Not some random person. You just that thought has a it was some random person. End. Yeah, I just don't some know. random person we were we were uh, <laughs> mentioning. Awesome. Not my proudest moment. So, gosh, it's so true what everybody on this podcast says that this question is hard. It's really fun until it's turned on you, right? And and it really makes you think. So I struggled with this and a lot, and you know, as most people do, reached out to people around me and asked, "Hey, if you." how would you characterize me in a code name? And the ones that came back with the best answer were my parents, of course. And they called me last night, you know, they're on the West Coast. I'm originally from California and they call me uh, 
at about 10 o'clock our time and say, my dad, all my dad says, he doesn't greet me. He doesn't say anything. He just goes, I've got it. Oh. I know what it is. I said, okay, dad, what is it? And he goes, fierce. Oh. I said, okay, tell me why. And so he goes into the explanation and I'm, I'm, and I'm kind of on the fence, like, okay, yeah. But I also had this other one that I was thinking about. So what I ended up coming up with was a combination of the two, which was fierce fire. Oh. So fierce, um, you know, there are a lot of negative connotations to the word sometimes, but the ones that resonate with me are, you know, showing a heartfelt and powerful intensity. I'm an incredibly passionate person and I move through life, you know, really trying to fan that passion and, and following it. I'm someone that's very strong in my convictions and in my values. And when I make a decision, I move forward with, with all the strength uh, that I can. And I just, you know, fierce is something that I've always been and since I was a little kid. And my parents just said that embodies who you are and, and how you move through life. And, and I feel that really does represent me as a person and the fire part. So I mentioned that I come from the, the sunny sh- sunshine state of California, where wildfires are a plenty. <sighs> and the thing about fire is I've always felt like I also burn with a fire. Like I, I when I talk about my passions and I talk about you know, the field that I want to be in and the work that I want to do and the impact that I want to have, it feels like a fire burning inside of me. And I also feel that I've had a lot of struggles in getting through this, this, the barrier that is getting into the IC or getting into this community. And I've been knocked down many, many times, but I always come back swinging and I always come back and rebuild that fire and manage to find another way and, you know, pave that unconventional path. So when I think of fierce fire, I think it embodies me in those two ways. So even when the world tries to douse my fire, I will continue to burn as the smallest ember until I can spark again and rise up fiercely. And with fire, you know, fire doesn't just burn. It, it, it blazes a path that encourages new growth. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's been the most important. I love it. Yeah, I could not agree more. You are like the fiercest person. I also hadn't realized like of all the elements, like you totally are fire. (laughs) Yes. You're totally fire. I I just sound so weird saying that. You are though. (laughs) No, I just kept visualizing fire emojis, like just fire emojis. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Thank you for for sharing that, Amanda. So Liz, what about you? So when I was in the fifth grade, I had a teacher who was known for giving his students nicknames. And that was the closest thing I'd ever gotten to a code name. Um, This teacher actually means a lot to me. He instilled a lot of the confidence and tenacity that I still carry with me today. Um, And I still remain in close contact with him. And he will forever be a very... um, important figure who shaped who I am as a person. Um, so we got partway through the school year. Most of my classmates had nicknames and I went up to this teacher and kind of asked him, you know, why don't I have a nickname yet? And he told me, you know, I kind of need a little bit more time just to, to come up with something good that represents you well. Um, so some more time passed and he finally approached me and said, I know what your nickname is. He said, you are a bulldog. When you decide you want something, when you're willing to pursue it, you will stop at nothing to get what you want, to get what you're going to pursue. 
Um, you're so willing to do that. You're willing to put yourself through a brick wall, which is actually what my nickname was in lacrosse. Um, but yeah, I'm a bulldog. I love it. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) Thank you. So, oh, this is, this is great. And normally this would be the end. Um, and I know we've had a long episode already, but before <laughs> we, we just have one more thing we wanted to share with the listeners before we sign off. And we have some exciting news. Um, so we, Katie and I, for the past year have been thinking about, um, you know, this has been so impactful and how could we build off of what we have here um, at Iron Butterfly? And we, we've been using the phrase level up. So how can we level up from what we're already doing? Um, And we have come up with uh, an idea. Surprise, surprise. We came up with another idea. (laughs) It's Um, not a fiction fantasy book. It's not a fiction. Not yet. Not yet. That's coming in 2025. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So... We have this idea. We, um, I know you guys are going to kill us, uh, listeners. Um, we're not ready to share what the idea is just yet. <laughs> um, but what we would like to tell you is that we are going to take a pause with Iron Butterfly Podcast um, for sure for the ne- for the next uh, season. So for the fall, um, for the next six months, possibly for the next year. Um, that doesn't mean you're not going to hear from us. Uh, we still plan on having some special episodes and, you know, we have some partnerships that we think are going to happen in the next year. Um, what this means just is what it means is that we are just not going to have full seasons. We're not going to have full 10 or 15 episode seasons. Um, but it's because we are in the process of creating something else, which is pretty amazing and fabulous. And we're very excited. And we know our Iron Butterfly um, listeners are going to love it. So Katie, I don't know um, if there's anything else you wanted to say on that, on that point. I I don't think so. We're, we're just really excited. I mean, we've learned so much from Iron Butterfly. And I think a lot of what we have learned has really served as inspiration for this next thing. Um, So we also just want to say just a special thank you to everyone who has made Iron Butterfly what it is today. And, you know, our listeners and evangelizers and most of all the Iron Butterflies who, and the guests who actually shared like real pieces of themselves with us and with, with the world. Um, so we just thank you so much. We are totally honored to, that you trusted us with, with your stories and you all are just incredibly brave and have done Eloise Page very, very proud. So I don't want anyone to think this is the end because it's not the end. Um, it's just a pause. I don't know if anyone listens to Real Housewives, but they use that on Bravo all the time. They're like, this, they're taking a pause. Um, So we're just taking a pause. It's not the end. I just want to reiterate what Katie said about thank you. I I don't know who to thank more because I think it's equally our listeners. Obviously, uh, you know, we couldn't have kept going without all of you and the feedback and the support and the um, encouragement we received. 
the guests, of course, uh, for sharing their very, very personal stories, professional and personal stories. Um, and the team here, you know, we couldn't have done it. I don't know if everyone knows that, you know, we do this um, in our free time. You know, we, we give up our free time to do this and it's, it's because we love it. We love doing it. Um, and it, it's just a, a big thank you and a hug to everybody who has supported us and told us to keep going. Um, so thank, thank, thank you all. Katie, or I mean, Amanda or Liz, do you have any um, kind of final thank yous? Thank you to the two of you for all that, oh. that you've done and, and that you continue to do. Um, you know, this is, this podcast was made possible because of the two of you. And I think it's something that we've said internally a lot in the past couple, like the past two seasons is that, you know, we're kind of making history here and that wouldn't have been possible without the dedication and all the work that the two of you have put into this. So thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely echo that. Just Megan and Katie, the way that you saw something in Amanda and myself and have continued to just, you know, nurture us through this and not only that, but bring us along as team members on this whole grand endeavor that is again, not coming to an end, but that's just evolving um, for welcoming me and both of us so wholeheartedly into this community and into this little family that we, that we all have has just been so amazing to call you guys friends, mentors, and teammates. Um, So just thank you for all of that. Well, thanks guys. So here we are um, at the end, uh, as we always end our episodes. Um, this has been an episode of Iron Butterfly, co-produced by the amazing women of the IC and the National Security Institute at George Mason Scalia Law School. To find out more about AWIC, email us at awicpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And you can also learn more about NSI and upcoming events at nationalsecurity.gmu.edu. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Lastly, we'd like to thank everyone who's had a hand in creating, sharing, and growing Iron Butterfly into what it is today. We'd especially like to thank Grant, Claude, Maeve, Riley, Ruth, Elena, and Danielle. We're so grateful for you and for all we've created together. Stay Stay fierce and we'll talk talk next time. time.